Hi, my name is Ms. Diamond Wickfall. And I'm Buster Pants. And you're listening to The The Horror Horror Squad Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Horror Squad Podcast. This is episode number 309, where tonight... We are going to be talking about 2017's Anna and the Apocalypse. Steve's pick this week, right? That's correct. Yep. Yep. My Very pick. Nice. It, uh, really, be- not because I've seen it, based off recommendations yeah, from. Make sure someone. you clear that up right away. <laughs> yeah. Not so because... for people in our Discord <laughs> and just in general, like I see a lot of high scores for this. So I was curious. I was going to watch it anyway. So I figured. I will subject you to, to to it as well. I know you, Joe, you wanted to watch as well. So I did. Yeah. It's nice yeah. that we're all going in kind of blind on this one. So I have no idea how you guys feel about this movie. And I'm very curious. Yes. Well, stay tuned. You will definitely hear our thoughts. Uh, in the meantime, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everyone. This is our Christmas episode to end out the month of December. We hope you enjoyed our Christmas horror month. It has become a tradition for the horror squad podcast to do christmas horror every month it's always fun this uh year was interesting because we kind of did stuff that was out of the box stuff that uh you, you know that isn't sort of in the mainstream christmas horror so it's been a it's kind of been a roller coaster ride and we'll see where end of the and the apocalypse ends on that note in the meantime i do want to say please send we are getting ready for our year end episode of course best of 2023 i think Probably all of our favorite episode of the year. Always love to see everyone's list. Always love to see what people have on them. So please, a call to all of you. Send us your best of 2023 horror lists. I cannot wait to see what everyone has. But you can uh, send it through email, Discord, social media, whatever you want to do. You know how to get in touch with us. But Steve, Todd, gentlemen, how was your week? You guys all ready for Christmas? Um, No. <laughs> is anyone ever truly ready for Christmas? Honestly, it's like came pretty fast this year, to be honest. Like it was just Thanksgiving like a week ago, and now it's Christmas on Monday. So it's like, gee whiz. But I digress. Like I said last week, don't skip the dentist. I'm on treatment number three of five coming up, baby. So just go. I know it sucks, but just fucking do it. I don't mm-hmm. envy you at all, man. I like I, I had an appointment <laughs> last week. Now, granted, I've never had any issues with my teeth. I'm really lucky in that respect. But I got to cancel it because of COVID, and I was so happy. But yeah. because of your little speech, I'm like, maybe I should fucking just do schedule it. it for early January. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. I just don't want to do a root canal. Does not sound fun, so I don't want to experience yeah. that ever. Even if it doesn't, even if your mouth doesn't hurt, just go get it checked out. It, it won't hurt to get it checked out. Plus, um, I thought I was only having four treatments, and then I guess a root canal is a double thing. So I'm like, oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> but yeah, there's nothing worse than like the thing they have to like put over your mouth, like that plastic the, fucking thing the, they have the, to the put ca- over you. Yeah, like the fucking it feels so like a wetsuit. <laughs> yeah, it's so uncomfortable. And, like they have to put it around your tooth too, and yeah, it's like super tight. Oh my god, it's the fucking worst. Yeah, definitely. If you can avoid a root canal, people, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a pleasant experience. Uh, what else, gentlemen? Anything else? No, I think we we're ready to. Uh... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to throw some well, to the to you guys and <laughs> the and the and the larger group at at large here. So a couple weeks ago, I went to a hockey game, right? Ooh. And you know, like any sporting event, they'll throw a ball, a puck, a shirt, whatever it is, to the crowd to get them all hyped up. I want you to tell me if I am in the wrong or not. 
All right. I was with my family. Uh, we were front row and like I turned behind me and I saw one of like the stadium people fucking cocking a shirt like she's Tom Brady and throws it right by my Todd's basic math. If I wouldn't have done anything, it would have hit the back of my chair. Okay. There was a group of older people, like elderly, like 80 years old or something behind me. I fucking made a play. I leaned over both hands. <laughs> I grabbed the shirt and fucking tucked it. And then my family was like, what are you doing? You totally stole that from the old lady. I'm like, hey, what are you talking about? Like I made a play on a shirt. Like, like, and I gave it to my son. It's not like I kept the damn thing in the wrong or in the right. I didn't like hit anybody, no contact made, you know, just, just made a better play over grandma. <laughs> I'm going to say in the right, it's fair game. You go to a stadium, there's a million people there. Everyone's fighting for it. I mean, granted you were like at what, like a amateur hockey sort of league or yeah, it was, yeah. it was triple a equivalent. Yeah. That is. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I would say if it was just you, maybe in your wife, I would say, okay, <laughs> maybe a little sketchy, but you do have kids. So giving it to your kid, I think fair game. Nice. I agree. I think as long as it's not a situation where like the usher points at someone specific and yeah. then you fucking snatch it from that person or like Joe said, I mean, the fact that you had kids there, you know, kind of gives you like any, it's not like you fucking just like plowed the old lady like, <laughs> with an elbow and then grabbed it, you know, you, you just yeah. caught it before they did. So I, th I think in this particular case, uh, you're good. All right. Yeah, they were they were mortified. I'm like, I didn't whatever. Here's your shirt. <laughs> ungrateful turd <laughs> that's awesome i mean huh. to, to be fair i think your kid will get more mileage out of that shirt anyway than the yeah, 80 year old that's... people behind you you know it's just the way of life facts of life yeah. <laughs> all right let's uh let's spill that tea oh you want the tea i'm sorry i'm sorry we don't serve tea nope instead you get a cup of joe and now here's joe with the news all righty thank you so much Chuck, and here it is, your cup of joe for the week. Are you guys ready for more Esther? No, I didn't even watch the last Esther. So. Neither I did seen, I. I haven't seen either of them. Really? Uh, yeah. uh, the first one's pretty good. I actually haven't seen the sequel either. But it got, it got spoiled for me, so I never had the urge to watch it. Yeah, that is kind of a killer if you already know it. Well, apparently, Orphan 3 is currently in active development with... William Brent Bell, who, of course, was the original director of the film. I'm sorry, not the original film. He came in and stepped in for Orphan First Kill. Uh, he currently said, we're developing uh, a third one now. The franchise's rulebook has been opened up to where anything is possible. And knowing where we are in the process already, I'm extremely, extremely excited about the twists and turns that we have in store. Apparently, you guys aren't excited for this. Is the S the Apparently, the Esther franchise isn't for us currently but i know it is for some of you out there so i'm sure some of you will be excited for an orphan three and maybe when it comes out we can do a double feature and watch two and three i just feel like this is not a story that needed sequels right. you know I, I thought the first was a pretty self-contained good story like i said i haven't watched the other one but i just don't know why they're continuing this series i mean was there a big demand for this i don't know <laughs> All right, next big news here that just released. No surprise, we are ready to play another game, ladies and gentlemen. As Saw 11 has officially been announced September 27th, 2024. So really, 
they better get going. <laughs> Not much time to get this movie made. But uh, the big news was released. Supposedly, Tobin Bell and Shawnee Smith will return, of course, for their legacy roles. What do you guys think? Saw 11. Excited? So it's going to be another sequel, right, to Saw X? Apparently. So that just means, like, they were fucking super busy between, like, Saw 1 and When's He Die? 4? 3? Well, between three and four. Three. Four is the autopsy. So, yeah. Okay. So, like, damn, man. Like, they were just like every week having some kills go down. It, it, I don't know. It, it's silly. Like, I love the Saw franchise, but it is getting a little silly at this point. He's, he's 80 something years old. And I don't know. I mean, you know, you do him while you can because he's not going to live forever. So, I guess they're going to pump these out until he's not able to do them anymore. And I, I love John Kramer. Tobin Bell is just so good. I'll watch it for sure because I don't know how interested I'm going to be in watching Saw once he's gone. I mean, Spiral wasn't just not a great film. I mean, it's okay, but it wasn't great. So, yeah, I'm excited to see this one. I'm excited to see what they do with it. I hope, you know, at this point, just go ridiculous with it. Just do something crazy and have fun, you know? Like International Space Station. Like Home Alone. Just make Home Alone the fucking, you know, the horror movie with John Kramer. Someone fucks with this. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I saw a, a thing today where they want him to do the purge, but as Kevin McAllister, <laughs> cool. where he like defends his home as an adult. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Like, but right there lies the problem with Saw. Like, they'll make a good movie and then they'll totally ruin it by like making a ton more. But I think this one has potential to be good, especially after how good Saw X was. If they bring back the same writing team that did this last one, I have hope. They, they and Steve's already shaking they, his they, head. They no. didn't. <laughs> they uh, already, the, the, yeah. the writers specifically said that they're not working on this installment, but all they right. wish well, the filmmakers all me. good luck. <laughs> all right. Well, that definitely concerns me. Then that could that is leaning more towards cash grab now with the studios, but we'll see. I mean, at least Tobin Bell and Shawnee Smith are coming back. They are obviously the best part of Saw. So maybe. Uh, maybe we'll even see, um, you know, Dr. Gordon at some point pop up in these things again uh, at I some point. I think he says specifically he's done with them. He's Carry done with them? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe yeah. um, Hoffman. He's just, he, he retreats He retreats to cons in his secret hideout. He just did Mission Impossible, so he's he's on the bigger, oh, nice. bigger films now. Yeah. I thought he said that before he, did, he came back, though, in... Um... The last one he was in there. Money talks. Like seven I heard or something. It, I heard it recently, but yeah, okay. exactly. Money talks for sure. Yeah, for sure. Just like um, Cindy Prescott said, she wouldn't come back either, and she did. Yeah, right. Hoffman uh, is probably going to be in it, though, right? Given he's the got of size. Yeah, that's true. After how the last one uh, ended. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll obviously be covering it next year. So saw two thousand, saw eleven, two thousand twenty-four, and they are slowly creeping up into one of the be- the. Longest running horror franchises, right? Like Friday the 13th at what 12 right now. They already passed Nightmare on Elm Street. Halloween, I think, is currently the longest running one. So, but Saw's, yeah, Saw's creeping right up there. Or 14. For Halloween, yeah, something like that. Yeah, they get a fuckload now. All right. Next bit of news here is Eli Roth. What is next for Mr. Roth after Thanksgiving 2? Of course, Thanksgiving 2 is going to be coming out in 2025. Apparently, he's going to be doing some cons in between, but. In a recent interview, Mr. Roth said he would like to make more hostile movies. So in an interview he currently did with Cinepop, he went on to say, 
when asked what he would like to tackle next, he said hostile and cabin fever. Uh, he said, hostile, there's a lot more to do. I'd love to go back to hostile at some point and cabin fever as well. They're a part of me. They're like my children. I feel like I've ignored them for too long and I'd love to go back to them some way. I have ideas. I would definitely direct it. I don't want it in anyone else's hands. So, I so mean, that's, that's the pretty... guy that allowed <laughs> them to shot for shot remake cabin fever or not shot I... for shot, but script. Like, Did he? Up. I mean, does he need approval? For, to does he need the give the approval for that, or can the studio just kind of do it without like asking him? I wonder. I, I no I'm sure the studio can just yeah. do it. Like, right? Yeah, you, know, you sign away your your life when you do movies like that. So. Right, but he obviously he didn't want to come back for the sequels of he did Hostel too though, right? Yeah, yeah he did two, but not yeah, three. yeah, but not three, and he didn't come back for the Cabin Fever sequels. So I guess my question to you guys is, which would you prefer to see, or would you want to see both? come back in some way shape or form with roth uh directing um i personally would like uh hostile i think he got a better world there to build mm -hmm. on and cabin fever i think he just gets silly at that point but i would love them to bring back jay hernandez from part one i know he dies in part three in the opening but they can just retcon that easily and just skip it but yeah hostile one and two are fucking awesome so i would love a part three to just wrap everything up yeah, I, I agree. I think Hostel would be uh, the best move. It's been a long time at this point, and it's probably what he's most known for, I, I would say. So, I, uh, yeah, I think Hostel would be fun. Although, I would love more of the organization and the hunters, or whatever they're called, with the dog tattoos. I know they kind of toyed with that in part two, but I would like to see a little bit more of that. Yeah, definitely. And I'm in agreement with you guys. I think Hostel is definitely the more interesting one to go back to. And with Pancakes? torture <laughs> and with torture porn kind of coming back with, you know, Saw getting so popular, I'm sure the studios would love uh, another Hostel movie. All right. A couple more stories to get through here. Terrifier fans rejoice. No surprise here, but it has officially been made official as Lauren Lavera has signed on to reprise her role as Sienna in the upcoming terrifier three um she said i'm returning i'm re thrilled to be returning to terrifier three damien's vision for my character was special and now he's set to take it to an entirely new level it's been surreal to witness the immense connection and support from fans for sienna and i applaud damien for introducing a strong female character the angel dressed heroine who gets to face off against art the clown's merciless ways i can't wait for you to see the next chapter of sienna as damien dives deeper into her backstory so there you go. Uh, also, sure I heard he did. <laughs> I heard uh, also Elliot Fullman, of course, who played uh, the brother character in that, has also signed on to reprise his role. So they'll but all be coming back. Oh. More importantly, yes, that's right. Chris Jericho <laughs> is also returning in Terrifier Three because apparently uh, it picks up like right after Terrifier Two in uh, in the hospital that they were in. So. He will be back as the orderly or nurse, or I forget what he was, hotel like the clerk at the, the hospital. I don't remember. So whatever he did, he'll be back. Yes, he was the orderly. Yeah, like five like minutes. The orderly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know. You know, maybe he's a big horror fan, and he's, I know he wants to be in these movies. So we'll see. But yeah, well, next year, 2024. So we'll see how it is. Going to be a big, hopefully, a big year for horror. Uh, we shall see. All right, Jennifer Love Hewitt, ladies and gentlemen, in the horror news here, as she recently did an interview and said that she would love an 100% return to the I Know What You Did Last Summer franchise. Of course, she did two of them. I don't think she came back for the third one. 
But she, when she asked in a recent interview, she said, I loved making those movies. I'd do it for sure. I'm sure she would because, you know, Jennifer, I haven't seen her in much as of late. But yeah, uh, just wanted to throw that out there. I know, I don't think any of us are very big lovers of the I Know What You Did Last Summer franchise. Uh, if Jennifer Love Hewitt came back to it, would that pique any interest for you guys? Maybe 30 years ago it would, but <laughs> not anymore. You know, I, I, I don't like that franchise. You know, I like her. I'd like to see her in something else horror, but this, like, I'm, I'm over it. I, I just don't like them. I don't, I don't think I like the single one of them. Yeah, I mean, the first one's okay. It's, it has a lot of nostalgia for me, so that's kind of why I appreciate. The second one is downright awful. We, which we covered on the show, actually. We did uh, the first two, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think that would have been Sam's last episode. Actually, I think ever. so. I think she yeah. chose, yeah, those movies. So as go a back finale. and listen to that as a uh, throwback if you'd like to listen to that. But there you go. We'll see. I don't. Maybe. I mean, if they get Freddie Prince back, too, like, they get the whole... They get all four of them? Well, they can't, right? Because Michelle, Michelle and What's-His-Face both died, but they could probably bring back Freddie Prince and her. The characters, for the record. Well, the guy, yeah, right. <laughs> Not to confuse anyone. Right. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. All right. Wolfman update, ladies and gentlemen, as uh, Lee Winnell, of course, who most famously recently did The Invisible Man, is going to be doing his take on The Wolfman it will be heading into theaters next year, October 25th, 2024. Christopher Abbott will be starring as the Wolfman. Apparently, Ryan Gosling pulled out. He originally was supposed to play the Wolfman, but Christopher Abbott has taken over the role of the Wolfman. So I'm excited, personally. I thought Invisible Man was uh, really good, a really good take, and I'm excited to see Lee Winnell's take on the Wolfman. And the last bit of horror news tonight is something a little Christmassy. I wanted to throw something since it's, you know, Christmas time, our Christmas episode, a potential update on Krampus 2. Is it ever going to happen, ladies and gentlemen? Well, Michael Doherty recently in an interview, you know, he said he is actively, you know, coming up with ideas for it. He's actively trying to develop a script for it. So here are some of his ideas of a potential sequel for Krampus 2. He said, uh, we do have an idea for a sequel. He said, it doesn't necessarily center around a family as much as it might be about a group of strangers who are trapped somewhere. And that's all he said. <laughs> so I, that's really all he gave us, uh, unfortunately. But Trick or Treat 2, we are finally getting that. And I think if Trick or Treat 2 is successful, which I think we all expect it to be, I think Krampus 2 could be the next one he does tackle. I loved Krampus. I think we all loved Krampus, right? So I think we would be pretty pumped for uh, Krampus 2. Well, we'll see, ladies and gentlemen. I, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen eventually. I think Krampus has become sort of a staple for Christmas horror every year. And I think the studios will see that. And I think the money, they know the money can be made. So... I'm excited, and we'll see. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen, for your horror news this week. Thank you. Alrighty, gentlemen, what you been watching this week? All right. Well, I briefly touched upon it last week, but I watched Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 4, Initiation. Only connected to the previous three in title only. Clint Howard plays Ricky, who's a, a loose connection, but, I mean, he looks nothing like 
they don't try to connect him at all. They just name him. Hey, his, his name's Ricky. That's our connection here. Uh, he plays a bum, a homeless man who lives on a roof of this building. He works for this, like, coven of women that are kind of like witches. And they have Clint have sex with, like, ladies, but they get impregnated with, like, kind of, like, slug creatures or something it's all over the place man it's okay it's a it's a fun movie directed by brian usna so you get his little style choices on it it's over on tubi if you want to check it out is it something you need to watch in order to like the series no i think you should definitely end at three if you're into the whole you know ricky saga and all that stuff um, but part four it takes in different direction and i had fun with it in a group setting so that's silent night down the night four initiation and it's two and a half out of five are you going to complete the series, uh, Todd, at this point? I will. I will. Toy Toy Maker is yeah. up, up next. Right. Excellent. So my first one this week is a 2023 film that I watched over on Paramount+. Plus. It is The Wrath of Becky. So a sequel to the film from a few years ago, uh, Becky. And this one, Becky is working at a diner. It, it takes place a few years after the events of the first movie. And uh, she's now living with like an older lady, just kind of paying her dues there because, you know, her her dad got killed in uh, the first film. Spoiler alert. So this time, like I said, she's at a diner and this group of uh, white supremacists come in. They're going to a rally. I'm sure you could figure out what that means. And they start, you know, kind of fucking around with her, just saying some shit to her and she gets pissed off about it. So she uh, drops coffee intentionally on one of the guys and they follow her to where she lives. They kill the old lady that she's living with, which sends Becky in a spiral. Oh, they also steal her dog because of course. And the rest of the story is Becky going to the place where they're staying at before the rally to uh, exact some revenge. So very similar plot to the first one uh, in a way that I thought was a little unbelievable. Like this whole like thing over basically spilled coffee but anyway it is what it is so in this one the big bad is actually sean william scott mostly known for stifler of the american pie series and a bunch of other dudes who are basically fodder for becky to kill this is right on par with the last one in my opinion it's got some great kills uh, lulu wilson is good as becky I, I enjoy kind of her banter with the bad guys uh, you know, it's an hour and a half, which is a good length. I was never bored. You know, it keeps moving and there are constantly things happening. And I got to say, I have a hard time separating Sean William Scott from Stifler. Uh, you know, I've seen them in a lot of movies, but this is maybe the first movie where I got to say he did a good fucking job. Like he was actually really good in this role. He wasn't like as crazy as you'd expect. He was kind of more methodical and he's like ex-military and stuff. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. Uh, there's a little bit of a twist to this one, which I'm not going to spoil. I enjoyed it. You know, I, I thought it's a fun movie. Like, I don't think it's a top 10 or anything. But if you're looking for just a fun time, check it out. So that's Wrath of Becky 2023 on Paramount+. Plus. So who, who's going to be the, the third white comedian turned white supremacist in the third Becky movie? Because he had <laughs> his face from King of Queens. Yeah. I have Sean William Scott. Kevin James. Kevin James in the first one. We're doing, we're doing Jim Carrey? I was going to say, Jim but Jim Carrey retired, too right? Too big. Too big. <laughs> too big for that. Um, for, for the low budget. Yeah. That'd be awesome because he's so like lovable <laughs> that it would be, <laughs> a, it'd be a nice turn, you know? Like, yeah, that would be good. Let's do let's, let's Davidson. Book it. <laughs> yeah. get him, Joe, get him on the books, Joe. Get him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, got, you got it. I'm worried. I'll, I'm on it. Although we did just get a screener today with uh, John Voight, and they said they are doing interviews. But although I don't think John yeah, Voight would be doing that interview. I, I, God. I didn't know he was still around. 
It's yeah, not even a horror movie. It's like an action movie should, or something. Uh, they send you, you should hear what he's saying these days. <laughs> we'll only oh, leave, it, leave it at that. Yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> Cousin Eddie. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My first one tonight is a 2021 release you can check out over on Netflix. It is called Things Heard and Seen, starring Amanda Seyfried. Uh, this one is about a young couple set in the 1980s the husband gets a promotion or a job offer so they end up leaving their life in the city to go live out sort of in the boonies out like in a very rural area they buy a farmhouse that is very old and whatnot they sort of fix it up and she's sort of in isolation she's there with her daughter but her husband goes off to work and she kind of stays in the house and tends to that she starts experiencing i guess sort of supernatural activity while in the house so from there she starts to i guess peel back the onion of the house and try to discover what is going on in the house and i'll leave it at that you know this movie is pretty good the problem is it's not a horror movie like at all it's it was definitely mismarketed when i put on i thought i was gonna get a horror movie and what i got was really just sort of a you know a drama with some horror elements in it but uh, it's really the horror elements are very few and, and far between so if you go into it expecting a horror movie you're going to be sorely disappointed but if you go into it as sort of uh, supernatural drama I think you'll enjoy it a lot more the issues I had with it though was that there was just the plot conveniences were were very ridiculous at times you know people start uh, I won't spoil too much but you know people end up murdered you know and no one comes like knocking at the door being like hey what happened to these people or anything like that you know just kind of like life goes on type thing so it's just like very very convenient as a horror movie I gave it a two and a half out of five, but as a drama, I'd probably rate it a little higher because I, I was never bored and I, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was. So that's things heard and seen. You can check it out on Netflix if you want. Alrighty. My last one is a 2023 to be original called black mold. I have no idea while I watched this, while I watched this, it, it like popped up on, I guess, letterbox a few times. I'm like, oh, let me check it out. Uh, is it about, it's about a couple people that go into like, abandoned houses and things like that and take pictures for their art show and they're very artsy and they talk about art a lot and they like art stuff and they like angles and shit like that so instantly i was like oh man i'm not connecting with these people at all but uh, it was shot pretty well and um i appreciated that it had some cool like set designs things like that uh, they decide to go to an abandoned asylum like every other fucking movie and there they stumble upon mr jeremy holm who we a uh, friend of the show and he plays a homeless man that's like uh, on the run because he has some um, mental health issues and he thinks that they're after him so he, he assaults them but then he's nice and he lets them go but then they can't leave because their ride never showed up so now they're like are we hallucinating scary stuff happening because the black mold that the movie is titled or is this place really haunted or whatever is going on or is there really just someone fucking crazy and killing people i don't know we'll find out but Black Mole, man, I, I just never could connect to the characters. Not that they were, you know, terribly bad acted or anything like that. I just didn't care about them personally. This ended up being a really good wrapping Christmas gifts in the background kind of movie. So that's what I ended up doing. So I gave it a two and a half. It's a 2B original over on 2B. Nice. 
Jeremy Holm was a contender for my best actor of the year this year. In Black Mold? What did... No, held him <laughs> in uh, Brooklyn 45. Yeah. Is that what I should watch, Steve? Because I've seen that on some top 10 lists for the year. I don't think it would make your top 10, but there's okay. some, it could get you a, a like a best actor, actress type okay. thing, you know, because it's well done. Tobin Bell will be tough, tough to pass, but we'll nope. see. I, I got one, but anyway, we'll, right. we'll get there. Two weeks. All right. <laughs> My last one this week is another 2023 film that I watched over on Tubi. And it's Akdashibe, a.k.a. Holy Shiza, a.k.a. Holy Shit. So we just had a vote for our final episode of the year. We're going to review a 2023 film that we kind of missed out on. So kind of a last attempt for our top 10. And this was one of the choices. It did not win. The winner was actually Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. But I wanted to check it out anyway, based only off... Uh, some people have it on their top 10. So I was curious about what it was. So this is a story. It's a German film, obviously, by the title. This is a story of a guy. He wakes up in a uh, porta potty that's kind of on its uh, on its back. And uh, he's pinned because there's this giant metal rod in his arm. So he can't move his arm. And he's basically just trying to figure out, A, how he got there, because he doesn't remember, and B, how to get out of this porta potty. And you would think to yourself... How much stuff could there be uh, done in a porta potty? Well, this is probably one of the craziest single location films I've ever seen. The amount of shit, no pun intended, that they get into in this film within the confines of this porta potty is ridiculous. It's it's like got some comedy, it's got some mystery to it, like figuring out how he got there, what's happening. It also has surprisingly a lot of gore. I'm not gonna say why or how. This movie's a fucking delight. Like, I actually really enjoyed this. It's probably one of my favorite single location films I've seen in a long time. At least I can't think of another one that I liked as much as this. It's kind of in the same vein as the other ones that we watched. Uh, Revealer, which was in a peep show booth. And uh, Glorious, which was in a like a bathroom stall with a glory hole. This one, you know, it kind of does its own thing. And even though it's not going to make my top 10... I'm actually really happy I watched it, and I think one day we might have to review it because we have to complete our trilogy of, you know, dirty places, single location places to do. So, yeah, maybe this is one people should check out. I gave three and a half stars out of five, which I did for Becky as well. I forgot to mention that. And that is uh, Holy Shit over on Tubi. Very nice. That's one I'm very excited to watch. That sounds so fun. Uh, All right, my last one tonight. 2023 release. I believe I watched this on Shutter, and the movie is called Unseen. Steve, I think talked about this one on the podcast recently. I decided to check it out because I had seen it on a lot of top ten lists. So, uh, this one is about a young girl named Sam. It starts the no spoilers here because it basically starts right off like this. Uh, essentially, she's been kidnapped and drugged by her boyfriend out in the woods in a cabin somewhere. He is attempting to murder her. She is able to escape, but unfortunately her glasses break, leaving her essentially almost blind. And she ends up getting a hold of her phone. She calls a number that misdialed her that goes to a young woman who is working at a convenience store in Florida named Gatorland, I believe is the name of the place. (laughs) And from there, it is a sort of cat and mouse game of the the boyfriend trying to get to our character, Sam. And the girl on the phone 
at the convenience store, Emily trying to basically save her life. And it goes back and forth between the two of them while Emily is dealing with crazy Florida people at her place and Emily and Sam trying to survive her boyfriend uh, while Emily is her eyes on the camera phone. I will say this movie, man, it's only 76 minutes long. So it starts off like right away and it never uh, has a dull moment. So I will give it major props for that. The problem is there's nothing new here. Like I've seen this type of movie like a hundred times before the whole sort of damsel in distress in the woods being stalked by some sort of person. So, you know... I did like the stuff. I mean, Steve, actually reading Steve's review, we're actually complete opposites on this. I enjoyed the stuff in the woods more than I enjoyed the stuff in the convenience store. Just because I found the stuff in the convenience store really killed the tone of the movie for me. Like, you know, because it it's super serious out in the woods. And then we go to like a full fucking crazy ass comedy skit in the convenience store, which I just didn't jive with as much as I did with the stuff going on in the woods. So I think it's a very good half a movie, but the other half for me just just I just didn't jive with. But like I said, it's really short, it's really fast paced, and overall I did enjoy it. So you know I'd give it a soft recommend. I don't think it's anything you have to like go out and like see right away. But if you're looking for something to pass the time, this is a solid one to watch. So that is uh, I gave it three out of five, uh, and that is unseen from this year. Why didn't she call the police? She did actually, and I guess. I'll just mild spoiler uh, if anyone cares skip ahead like 20 seconds but she did she did try to call the police and essentially her location was turned off because the boyfriend was like a stalker type so they said there it could take like up to an hour to sort of find her location so she ends up calling uh this other num this number that was like misdialed because she's like essentially blind which is like another sort of inconvenience are people who wear glasses really like that incapacitate. I don't know. Like I've never. I feel like that's. She I feel like be like legally blind. I think if, I, at that point, right? Right. I yeah. feel like I feel like they should have just made her blind. <laughs> you know, like I feel like that would have been a little better than just the plot convenience of her sort of losing her glasses. But whatever. And I did watch um one last. I did watch Taylor Swift the Errors Tour. Ten out of Ooh, 10. 10. 10 out of ten, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. You heard it here. I am a Swifty. So did you yeah. uh book her yet for next week? <laughs> yeah dude we would she have wasn't, like, like 10,000 listens in an hour <laughs> oh my god <laughs> she was at the patriots game this week so well, you know you cheering know on Let's her stop boyfriend. talking about her because i'm fucking tired of hearing about her <laughs> on the nfl come on swifties unite oh god all right trivia we, is this our last one or one more one more one okay. more so not for all the marbles yet, but we're getting close there. So quarter number four, Steve in the leave, 20, Joe, 18, myself, 17 overall. However, it is a tight butthole of a race. Joe, 81, Steve and I both tied at 79 apiece. This is a good year. Very mm. competitive. Who would like to start today? I'll start us off. Ooh. Nope. Sorry, Steve. Beat you to up. it, buddy. Beat <laughs> you to it. All righty. First trivia tonight. If you've been paying attention the past two weeks, <laughs> I've had a theme for this year. So, all right, three letterboxed reviews. Guess the movie. Okay. Number one, Adventures in Babysitting. Number two, Sometimes the Kids Deserve to Die Better in a Horror out. Movie. Incorrect. Sometimes the Kids Deserve to Die in a Horror Movie every now and again. This is one of those. 
I think you did I'm... better watch that last week. I did. I thought you do it was like a trick. I was I was like, is he gonna do it again, <laughs> son of a bitch? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and number three, religion literally makes horror movies so much scarier. Can you uh repeat number two? I interrupted you. Sure. Sometimes the kids deserve to die in a horror movie every now and again. This is one of those. And then religion makes it scarier. Religion literally makes horror movies so much scarier. And number one was Adventures in Babysitting. Man. I don't know. Is it the babysitter? Incorrect. Steve, would you care to another guess? I will say this movie we reviewed on the podcast. Oh, she did. <laughs> um, and it was released in 2019. 2019. But I believe it was a 2020 release. Yeah. It made my top 10 that year. Oh, wow. She was. I, I don't think, think it, a... I, I don't know if it made either of your top 10s. So. Yeah, I just don't, I don't know if it's a it holiday movie. Christmas. So. It's very, I will say it's Christmas themed, but it's very, I tried to be a little okay. tricky. It's, like... it's very, it's lo- It's not the main focus of the movie. Okay. Yeah, I, I got nothing. I got, I got nothing either. All right. The movie was The Lodge. The Lodge. Yeah, see, I still wouldn't get it. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Good movie though. Yeah, I agree. It was my number one. <laughs> I did not like it. I, no, that made that made my top ten. Did it make your top ten? Yeah. I think top five. Lovely. Yeah. Good movie. Steve, you wanted to go? Yeah, sure. So uh, my first one this week, as always, is guess the movie based off the IMDb parental guide. My only one this week, so enjoy it while it lasts. Okay. So she's a... sex and nudity. <laughs> yes, please. Two of the aliens display sexual intentions to each other, like fondling and stroking that produce evident arousal each other, but they are brother and sister. Oh, uh, Aliens jerking each other off. Lovely. Brother, brother and sister. Well, I mean, who knows? Violence and gore. A man is killed with a pickaxe off screen. A trail of blood is seen. Blood is seen on the killer's gloves. Aliens, huh? It's another alien like last week. Hmm. You did aliens last week too. I don't yeah. even remember the fucking movie either. So you know, <laughs> it's not the same one, but yes. Uh, profanity. One use of shit. Mind fuck. Hell. For God's sake. Good God. My God. Sucker. Idiot. Punk. And gosh, eleven uses of damn. One use of God damn it. Ten use of damn it. And two uses of fool. Psycho Gorman. Wrong. <sighs> Good Ooh, guess shit. though. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking. Dr. Scott finds a joint, but doesn't smoke it in the Zen room. The Zen room. Mm-hmm. Final one. Probably the biggest of the giveaways here. Frightening and intense scenes. A tablecloth is pulled to reveal a dead person's uh, body with their intestines exposed and bloody marks over them. They are being eaten by other characters who do not know until the moment the tablecloth is pulled off. Aliens. Cannibalism, incest. Oh, what am I talking my, about here? <laughs> my goodness. I mean, uh, I, I'll have another guess once Joe goes. Critters. Wrong. Is it bad taste? Wrong. You want more yeah, guesses? Good, it's a good guess. Yeah. It's a good guess. E.T. Wrong. It is. <laughs> so they will be. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky. Oh, oh ah. the aliens threw me off. That's correct. Not even aliens. Planet transsexual. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, Riff Raff and McDowell are aliens. Gotcha. <laughs> All right then, tricky motherfucker, you. 
you little trickster. You I went on a musical theme, so for that one, not for the others. <laughs> Mine are not as tricky. Standard stuff here. The Perfection 2018 features characters that play what musical inter- instrument? Cello. Correct. Cello. What was the movie? The perfection. perfection. Oh, The Perfection. I love that movie. Yeah, That's it's great. Cool. Okay. Guess the movie based on the IMDb information. This movie was released in 1987, clocking in at one hour and 28 minutes. Directed by Lee Harry, starring James Newman. I'm going to start giving character names, too. I've never done that before. Starring James Newman as Dr. Henry Bloom, Elizabeth Caitlin as Jennifer, and Corinne Gelflin as Mrs. Rosenberg. The move uh tagline The nightmare is about to begin again. Hey, nothing. Okay. Maybe. I will give I will give one more character. Okay. This will be the giveaway. Gene Miller as Mother Superior. Is it Silent Night Deadly Night? Which one? Two. It would be. No. Oh. Stole it. Well, I don't know. It's a steal. I don't know. <laughs> for a while. No one gets it. <laughs> no one's getting it. Yeah. Steve should have gotten the first guess, Steve I think. <laughs> I'll come up with another yeah, one if you guys would like. <laughs> All right. I think we've done that multiple times that we're like, which one? And then someone guesses the right one yeah. by default. All right. So this one is guess the movie. Based off the letterbox reviews, and oh yes, these are our reviews. Uh, <laughs> I need to start putting like a code in there. <laughs> yeah, right. Felt too much like a lifetime movie, and I didn't like the performances. That's mine. Yeah, <laughs> grumpy, <laughs> grumpy fuck. Mostly single location films. That was it. That was you. Oh. Yeah, that, that was it. That's all yeah. I said. Oh yeah, that's that's it. Short and sweet, Todd. (laughs) Uh, uh, Mostly single location films are difficult to pull off, but this this one does a decent job of it. I wish the mystery of who owned the van lasted a bit longer. I thought the bullshit scene was great as it provided good bits of dialogue and mind games. That should have been... There should have been more of that. Still, the movie kept a good pace and had interesting twists throughout. Worthy of a one-time watch, but wouldn't revisit. Hmm. The bullshit scene? Mm-hmm. All right. That was mine. Not, that wasn't no. yours. Oh, that was yours. Okay. Here's yours, Joe. Okay. This was a pretty solid thriller. The single location never really dulled the film, and it really never wastes a second of its runtime as there was always something interesting happening. I do think they revealed too much too soon, however. They did a pretty nice job of putting other twists in there to keep you on your toes. Hmm. Um Glorious? It's Wrong. not glorious. It's um, I don't want to say any hints because I know what it is, but I just don't. I can't think of the title. If I sk- give you the character name, you'll guess it because you're sneaky. I wouldn't <laughs> even know the character name myself, <laughs> and I know what movie it is. So, um, fuck. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> it's um, it's based on a book. I can't fucking think of the this fucking title. <laughs> Sam was on that episode, I think. Probably, yeah. No. 
no exit. That's correct. Oh, yes. wow. <laughs> nice. That's that. That one. I forgot about that movie completely. <laughs> it was fucking terrible. It's like Lifetime movie. As it I said. Yeah, it wasn't that great. It was okay, though. It was okay. I remember it. Yeah. I, I agree with my assessment still. <laughs> a, a decent one-time watch, but nothing I can revisit. <laughs> the movie where, set, where drugs are okay as long as I make you strong to get away from <laughs> bad people. Correct. Okay. In what 1990 film will you find mild-mannered mother named Peggy Boggs? Ooh. And I'm going to say, I'll give you a hint right off the bat that it's horror adjacent. It's in the horror universe, but it's not like fucking like slash mm. or anything like that. Oh, okay. So, what Let's 1990 film will you find mild-mannered mother named Peggy Boggs, or short for Peg Boggs? It's not the one I was mm. gonna guess. That. <laughs> I got. Uh, I'll get some hints. I'm having a bad so, yeah, couple weeks here. <laughs> so it's uh, set around Christmas time. Okay. The character, the main character in this film, looks scary, but it isn't. He's a nice guy. And uh, it's a very famous younger actress who's huge throughout her entire career. Okay. Is that she's it? returning to a film that comes out next year. Okay. It's a sequel. What is oh. this film? She's returning to this film Not for a sequel? No, she's oh, returning okay. to a sequel long in the making next year. Oh. But where is Peg Box from? What film? 1990. It came out in 1990 or the, 1990s? The, well, 1990, for exactly. 1990, exactly. Huh. Mild mannered is also a hint. Mild mannered mother mm. named Pegbox. Going once. You got nothing. Going twice. The answer is Edward Scissorhands. Wow. Mm. Yeah. They're making a sequel of that? No, no, no. The main actress in it is going to be in Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Oh. She is? What is she? Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder? Oh. I thought you. I thought you meant like the actual actress. No, no, I was like, you, like hints, like Christmas okay, time. Gotcha. I thought you meant like Peg Boggs. I was like, oh, she's coming. She wasn't in. So I was unclear with that. <laughs> no, that's all right. All right, something a little different this week. Hmm. Guess the movie based on the. I think Steve's done this one before, though. Uh, guess the movie based on the IMDb trivia. Okay. One actor. Who led for the lead role of the movie? Hold a knife at his audition. Audition. Oh, um, we're guessing the. the movie. Guess the movie. The Sixth Sense. Incorrect. Oh man! Oh love. yeah! Very <laughs> yeah. fast. Really yeah. too fast. Excellent. This movie was shot in eighteen days. Riff Tracks, the people behind Mystery Science Theater three thousand, released a version of this film with audio commentary that made fun of it as you watch it. That's so many. <laughs> uh, write, writer, director, Michael Cooney drew storyboards for the whole film. Okay, I think I got a second. Oh, the okay. film was initially going to be an action thriller set in a bigger city with the CGI version of the title character directed by Rennie Harlan with a 25 to $30 million budget. When Gina Davis, Harlan's then-girlfriend, read the script, she thought it was the worst thing she had ever read oh. and wanted to do a, another movie instead. And I'll the give you one. one last hint. Okay. The rape scene... Jack Frost? Well, yeah, correct. Yeah. I, that's why I had <laughs> in my chamber already. When you said the CGI thing, I remembered that they did that. Mm -hmm. You know who so, did pass on that movie? 
Shannon Elizabeth. That's right. I was, well, that's where that's where I was going with the last one. The rape scene was intended actually to be Jack Frost smashing the character into a wall until she died. But during the editing phase, the editor told the director, "You know what this looks like, don't you?" Rather than reshoot the whole scene, the director went with it. Rennie Harlan directed that. No, Rennie Harlan. Yeah, he was originally oh. like he wrote a script for it. Apparently, that had like a thirty million dollar budget. Like. Okay. See, that would have been. I would have loved to seen that version of it. <laughs> ah, right. I had a bad, bad night. I think oh, I fucking still, still got two more. more. Still got all right. Uh, apparently, all the <laughs> movies were movies that we reviewed. I didn't even do that on purpose. I know. Oh, nice. Regular question for once. Yeah. In Becky, what does Becky throw to a bad guy instead of the key he wanted? And you need to be specific. A grenade. She she tapes a grenade to someone, but she doesn't throw it. Gotcha. They they like slow mo sh- sh- show it like in the air going towards the bad dude. Um, I have one more guess. She throws food Wrong. to the gentleman. You need to be uh, specific anyway, but was that am I, in the right a, I will say a a dog bone. Wrong. You want one one more guess, uh, Tom? Is it in the food food universe? Though? No, it's not. It's not a edible. Okay, I was gonna say steak because I remember there being a dog in there. Yes. There's nothing to do with the dog. Nothing to do with the dog. Okay. Uh, a cell phone. Wrong. It was a Canadian quarter, okay. which he <laughs> specifies multiple times. All right. Big super fans you are, huh, Joe? We're all going hard. <laughs> We're all going hard tonight. Yeah. No right. one, we don't want anyone getting any no points. We're <laughs> going negative if possible. For negative three points. What? All right. Which legendary horror filmmaker makes a cameo as an FBI agent in The Silence of the Lambs? George Romero. Correct. A little too easy. Fuck. <laughs> I was like right <laughs> in my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. All right. Point him up. Steve, Big Night, three. Joe, zero. Myself, one. He's in the lead, I think, then. Which, uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Steve is 23 I... for the yeah, twenty three for the month. I'm, yeah, for the month. Quarter, sorry. Joe and I tied at 18 apiece. Yeah, Steve's in the lead. With 82, Joe with 81, mm. myself with 80. Anyone's next game week, still. Next week's going to matter. Sure. <laughs> at second, at minute 18, second 23. What is Sean on screen <laughs> in the 1950 film? You know? I'm going to like attack of the apes. Sabotage it. I Joe. think I, I think we should put it in a call to our listeners to send each of us trivia questions for next week. That way it's Fair we're not going too true. hard. Yeah, that I can could be fun. Totally give a softball to you. Be like, mm-hmm. what is Mr. Torrance's first name? <laughs> yeah. So there you go, listeners. Help us out next week, the grand finale of this year's trivia. If you'd like to, you can DM any of us on our Discord or any of our socials. We can't gear it towards Good any question. specific person. We're trying to yes. make it fair. Yes. So like, no, like, Don did questions or anything like that. Yes. Just, just a note for next week, Joe. You need to watch Dinosaur Prison, or we're, we're yeah. like double punishing you. <laughs> all right, I, I keep we forgetting. You all quarter. Uh, to watch you know it. what? I'm going to put it into my calendar right now. I am on vacation starting Thursday, so <laughs> right. I, I think I can definitely uh, do that. I'm going to put it in my calendar now. Watch Dinosaur. It's Dinosaur Prison. Yep. Yep. Okay. I'm putting it in my calendar right now. Watch Dinosaur Prison. All right. You got it. <laughs> <laughs>
It's on Tubi? Yep. Yep. All right. All right. All righty. Well, that will be a thrilling trivia to end uh, the year. I'm really excited to see who the winner is. All right. Let's get into it then, ladies and gentlemen, our main event for the evening. 2017's Anna and the Apocalypse, directed by John McPhail, starring Ella Hunt, Malcolm Cumming, and Sarah Swire. <laughs> um, Steve, this was your pick. Would you like to synopsize it, or are we sending it to Todd? All right, so Anna and the Apocalypse is the story of Anna. Uh, she's a girl in high school. This is in the UK. And, um, you know, she's kind of just living her life and doing some stuff in school. You know, have some boyfriend issues, and there's a guy who likes her. And uh, there's an ex-boyfriend involved who's a bit of a dick and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. Meanwhile, there's also a uh, principal who's retiring, and this other guy is going to take the job and he is an absolute shit and the you know kind of story is about him taking over that position they're about to do a christmas play it's christmas time of course it's a christmas movie and uh, he's kind of taking over that play as well and all of a sudden zombies attack and the story is basically them trying to survive the zombies as her dad and a few other of her friends are stuck at the school because of the play while she was at a bowling alley with some of her other friends working a shift and they're stuck there and she wants to go see her dad before it's too late and also apparently it's a place where they're going to uh, the military is going to pick up the people because uh, you know they're close to a military installation and that's kind of one of the pickup zones, like one of the safe zones in this apocalypse for them to be saved. It's also a musical, we should mention, which is kind of the main portion of this, what makes it, I guess, different from any other films. So I am super curious what everyone thinks of this one. But since we already know what Todd thinks about it, how about he goes first? Because he wrote his letterbox review, so. Yeah, so good, good summary there, Steve. You know... I'm not a show tunes guy at all. Um, you know, that's, I mean, I did watch Sound of Music yesterday and that's a fucking delight of a film, but it's a little different. And uh, it, you know, if, if you're a fan of like High School Musical and Glee and you like young, attractive people singing and dancing and stuff like that, I think you're going to like this film. If you're, you know, looking straight for the horror stuff, while it is pretty cool, like there's some cool zombies. The zombies look like the zombies from Shaun of the Dead, so that's a good look. There are some good gore gags. There's some decent gore in it, violence, blood, all that stuff. But I, it just wasn't enough for me personally to get past the just gradingness of the film with with everyone singing and dancing and voiceovering and blah 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 and the fucking principals acting like a character from uh, Dead Rising, the video game. And it's just like I don't know, man. It's it just wasn't for me. But I can see the appeal for it. It just absolutely was not geared towards my my in my wheelhouse so i can't really fairly give it a rating because i mean we can go over there talk about that later obviously but yeah this is 100 a miss for me at this point yeah i mean i was i've seen this on like the best christmas horror movies list for a long time now so i've been really excited to to check it out i'm very like sort of split on this one i musicals like are I'm 50 50 on them. Like sometimes I think you got to be in the right mood for them, but also like some hit better than others, you know, 
there's not like a ton of horror mu- Chris, uh, horror musicals out there. Sweeney Todd probably being like one of the bigger ones that I do enjoy for the most part. So yeah, this one, like um, I I think it's fun. Like at the end of the day, I, I do think it's it's a fun movie. I had fun watching it at times. This, some of the song numbers, though, were better than others, for sure. It's just like, yeah, I mean, is it geared towards 40-year-old, you know, middle-aged men like us? You know, probably not, you know, obviously. It's sort of like Glee meets, like, zombies, right? Like, at the end of the day, like, and I feel like this came out, like, when Glee was really popular. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm I'm not. So, yeah, I, I don't really know the backstory of this. I don't know if, like, this was something before or if this was its own original thing. But yeah, I mean, I think there's like some really fun stuff with the zombies. I think they do a pretty good job of developing the characters as well before the zombies even come in. But at the end of the day, like I I feel like it like didn't bring anything new at the same time to like the zombie genre. So it's like base it's still basically at the end of the day, sort of a zo- like a your basic generic zombie movie, but just made into a musical. So I, I do think if you were like super into like Glee and musicals like that, I think you'll probably absolutely love this movie. But for me, as someone who's kind of middle of the road, that's kind of where I stand on the movie. It's sort of like a I had a fun time one time on fun one time watching it, but I don't see myself ever sort of revisiting this one either yeah so same thing as you i heard uh really good things about this i was looking forward to it musicals not a big fan generally uh, i do like stuff like um rocky horror picture show and phantom of the opera and uh south park the thing on bigger longer and i've got so it, it's not like i'm totally opposed to musicals uh to me it just depends on does the music complement the film like does it add to the film am i like singing some of those catchy tunes you know a few days after the film that's what makes me like like a musical versus not and i watched this less than 24 hours ago i could not tell you one song that was in this movie and and that's a problem you know because when i listen to rocky horror i'm like oh my god i had some songs i just couldn't get out of my head and same thing with like some of the other musicals i've seen this one not at all and a my biggest issue with it is I actually enjoyed the zombie story that they were telling. I thought they went to interesting ways. Characters were dying that I didn't expect would die because I thought the story would be going one way. Did they swerve into another way? There was some genuinely like sad moments that were ruined because they had to insert musical numbers that just were too upbeat for the vibe that they were going for with the zombie film. So I thought that the musical didn't add to the movie and they just clashed. It's like you're telling this kind of real horror film, you know, Uh, obviously it's a little more upbeat. It's a little like Shaun of the Dead, like you guys said, but the musical numbers were too upbeat for the vibe of the film and it just took me out of it. And I was just like, fuck, I just got to like sit through this song until they come back to the zombie film, which I actually really enjoyed because it's got good kills. I liked the characters. They established the characters well enough, so I knew who was who. I cared if they died, but the music was just not vibing with me at all. 100% agree, man. 100% agree with both of you guys said, man. I love Rocky Horror Picture Show. Love it. And on paper, that's probably not a film I would like, but I, I absolutely love it. But yeah, like like Steve said, you could put a gun in my head, and I, went, I couldn't name a single lyric from this because, yeah, it just wasn't catchy. But I, like Steve, 
really like the zombie stuff, man. Like, I really like the zombie snowman. That was a cool little comedy act where she lifts a head up and it's a zombie. I'm like, man, this is cool. Like, I wish they would have just, wish they had done horror, man. Because there's like, the, the, the kids are good. They're, they're acting solid. The gore, like I said, is good. But man, the musical numbers are fucking brutal. Hey, how about that principal, though, man? Oh, it, it, he had this really funny line that I wrote down. I'm like, I only had four notes for this movie. And I already talked about the snowman guy, but I like when he says hand sanitizer is your friend kissing on the mouth is not. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I did like another line too of the, the love interest that was like the Dick character yeah. mm-hmm. where she called She says, you're such a child. And he goes, a sexy child. And he goes, wait, no. <laughs> like that was <laughs> yeah, right? delivery. Yeah. I mean, I think they did, like I said, I think they did a really good job establishing the characters here. I really, I did enjoy the Anna character a lot. And like Steve said, they do a good job of, of um, kind of surprising you. Like the movie doesn't play it safe in some ways, which I did appreciate. They did kill off a lot of the characters you do expect to survive. But I, I did see this complaint when I was reading other people's reviews is that the movie towards the end starts to take itself maybe a little too seriously where it goes from sort of a fun musical zombie time to sort of a a depressing last 30 to 45 minutes killing off some of the most I guess popular characters I guess I would say um one being sort of it all starts sort of starts off with the best friend um dying who's sort of the one that's in love with Anna but obviously is never gonna get with her I thought that was her brother and I was confused for a second like wait a minute well that would have been a whole nother movie but uh you know yeah his character dying and then of course getting to uh the the father character dying as well so was that something you guys took issue with i personally liked it like i was like i thought it was cool that we're not you know playing it you know i I did say this was sort of generic but they did try to do something a little different by sort of going a little darker which i liked yeah that's actually what I like the most about this movie is, and what kind of pisses me off the most about the movie at the same time is I really liked that they were kind of doing twists and turns. I didn't expect, you know, when that dude got his bit is a hand bit. I was like, Oh shit, no fucking way. Like what fucking sword are they going to find to cut his hand off? You know, because there's no way he's dying. I mean, he's the love interest. Right. And sure enough, no, like when all the zombies overtaken, I'm like, God damn. And then the same thing, you know, that you have the, the other, like the two friends who also, get killed like die in that room there um and they're like slowly like saying goodbye to each other but then they go through these musical numbers and ruin the moment completely like i'm i was really into it and then they just completely make it a joke again and that's that was my biggest issue with the movie is that i really enjoyed the zombie part of it there there was like a mix of Shaun of the dead with some of the kind of zombie humor like meta zombie humor like one that i really liked that just says a subtle thing is right at the beginning she hears like what sounds like a zombie like huffing and puffing you know like we all know what zombies sound like but it was just a girl that had asthma and she just needed like her pump you know like things like that like that's funny to me you know it's like just making fun of okay the zombies are coming no they're not it's just someone with an asthma attack and there were some great kills you know the the zombies look cool like todd said you know you had the uh you had the snowman zombie you also had a santa zombie that looked really cool you know it's just then it'd be a song and I'd be like, oh, it's almost like a fucking intermission. Like I have to stop my enjoyment because the song really didn't complement the what was going on either. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's too bad. You know, there's such a good movie in here and it's ruined by the musical. 
Yeah, I, I do respect the process here and reading a, a little bit about it. It has a kind of a kind of a bummer. So it was developed by a gentleman named Ryan McHenry in 2009 when he was in college and they wrote and, and made this short film called Zombie Musical, which took inspiration from high school musical. So I think right around, I think what you said, Jeff. And then they worked on it for a few years until he passed away from cancer. And then his like partner slash friends, I guess, made the film that we ended up seeing. So kind of a bummer, rest in peace to him. You know, came up with a solid idea, even if we didn't like the execution, but still it was, um, give it props for originality. But um, yeah. So I guess it got nominated for British Academy Award short film category, something like that. That's cool. Yeah, I uh man, I think at the end of the day too, for me, like I did not like the villain uh being our principal. Uh Arthur Savage is the name of the character. I feel like he just goes too off the rails, like too quickly, but then he becomes like a way over the top like villain where it gets just silly. And I fucking hated his song number. Absolutely hated it. Most of the song numbers, I did not mind. I will say that. Like, I I thought most of them were decent enough. They were very high school musical slash Glee-esque. But his man, like, I thought his singing voice was horrendous. Plus, it was probably my least favorite song in the movie. I do disagree with you guys on the song numbers being completely forgettable. There were two ones that definitely stuck out to me. The Hollywood ending one which they do go back to at the end of the movie which i thought was a good way to go back but my favorite was the bullies one i can't remember it completely but we're like they're like the best killers or whatever or whatever i thought that one was really good when they're in the shopping cart and stuff like that i think that was probably the my favorite of the numbers where they're sort of these alpha male types like you know killing all the zombies and stuff i thought that was really entertaining mainly because they're just killing the shit out of zombies and that whole musical number which made it entertaining yeah my so my favorite one um i did like the hollywood ending one as far as catchy tunes go but the one i enjoyed watching the most is the one when anna and i you know her love interest are uh going to school and from Anna's perspective, you have almost a Dawn of the Dead remake situation where like her her little fucking town is going absolutely apeshit. But it's also a Shaun of the Dead situation where she's just going about her day and all this shit's happening and she totally just doesn't notice anything because she's so into her, like herself, you know, like what she's doing. So I, I like that one, but I don't remember the song. And that's that's kind of a problem, right? Uh, you know, I, how many Disney movies have I seen where I could name you the a lot of the songs from each Disney movie because they're not forgettable. You know, they're, they're catchy and it's on, I just don't, you know, that's too bad. No, it's, it's a great point because like, I'm like, well, maybe we only saw it one time. Right. So, but I mean, I remember the first time I ever saw Phantom of the Opera, like, like I knew those songs, a lot of those songs, like almost instantly, like I almost memorized them and you're right. There isn't. And like, even I'm saying the Hollywood ending song, but like, I couldn't name you many lyrics to it. And then I'm like, yeah, the bully one, but I could, couldn't sing one verse of that song so you're right like at the end of the day the songs weren't catchy enough to stick in your head which uh definitely is uh, one of the big problems with this movie okay i want to talk about a few moments in the movie and this is we're taking the musical side of it away i just want to talk about certain moments in the movie from the zombie part of it and to get your thought on it first of all how fucking stupid was that uh, inflatable pool idea I, I don't really understand what their goal was with that 
So this is like another one where I feel like they're borrowing heavily from Shaun of the Dead in some ways. Like, I feel like it's like sort of, I don't know if they're paying like homage to that movie or if they're just flat out ripping it off. Cause it reminds me of the scene sort of where they're pretend they pretend to be zombies, but instead of that, they go out under the inflatable pool. Yeah. I mean, it was fine. It was for comedic relief. I, I didn't hate it. I don't remember. <laughs> didn't a zombie sit on it or something yeah Ed Sheeran yeah. says and a lady sitting on your face it's peeing like and it's the peeing. zombie starts peeing that, that, that's like, zombie that's like pee? yeah that's like slapstick <laughs> to me and I, yeah. I don't like that type of humor Todd's gripe though oh, nice. could the snow look any fucking faker <laughs> like I, I I can't when these movies have fake snow it, it, it looked like they were doing snow angels and fucking cocaine like it did not look like <laughs> snow whatsoever steve's and, a snow connoisseur dude, or connoisseur or, or a coca- or a cocaine connoisseur who yeah, knows like, uh you know uh yeah I, I just it bothers me like you couldn't get a little bit of fucking real snow or something that at least looks like snow it just it didn't look good you know and that will always bother me but that's such a minor nitpick i just every time i see it made, made 650k and uh we're worldwide so not great. Generous. <laughs> Not great. I, I think it was more popular like after on streaming. Yeah. I was going to say, I, th- I feel like this has kind of developed some sort of cult following in some ways because you do hear a lot of people sort of discussing it in, I think, the musical realm. But yeah, I mean, for me, it's it just kind of at the end of the day, it's something I'll probably forget about, you know, in a, in a couple of weeks, you know. I mean, the only reason it might stick with me is because of the Christmas stuff in it. But honestly, it didn't even need to be set around Christmas time. There's really nothing like there's no reason for it to be, I guess, just to, I guess, add that sort of theme to the movie i mean i do like anna's sort of candy cane weapon she does use that's a fun little thing but i will say this this movie has one of my favorite zombie gags i've seen in a long time and that is the bowling scene when the zombie head comes back as like the bowling ball which i fucking loved i did love that one zombie gag Uh, what were your favorite kills actually and i mean that's probably a problem too i don't remember a lot of them i mean granted it's been like almost a week since i've watched it so that i guess that could be an issue too but yeah i mean that zombie gag is the one thing that does stick out with me the most as far as all the kills i think the principal actually right he gets like fucking almost dawn of the dead style gets like his innards completely ripped out like, right day of the dead yeah like, yeah day yeah. of the dead yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah the snowman zombie was cool where she hits it with the seesaw and it pops his head off yeah that's a cool one i, I like the double bowling balls where it like pops his head like a yeah pimple. that was awesome yeah. yeah, that was a really cool one. And one more, uh, Todd's Grape. And this isn't a lot of zombie films, but really this one. So at the end, Anna and um, the guy that she used to date, like the bully, are together. And they're kind of saying a goodbye song. Like, we're going to keep fighting, but we're dead here. Dude, they, they could have fucking, like, w- walked around those zombies and being completely fine like the zombies, zombies were coming in to the performance yeah yeah, they were so fucking slow it, it's like in night of living dead remake right like just walk past them they're so slow you know and i kept thinking like god damn look all the space between the zombies and all that room that you could just like get away they couldn't put them in like a confined space to at least give us the idea that maybe they would die at no point did i think they were gonna die in that scene they were way too spread apart it was it was weird so in 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 a in a country that doesn't have a lot of access to firearms, what what is your 
what would be your go-to weapon of choice? Like, oh I my know, God, Steve, dude. you read the fucking zombie handbook and had it in your backpack <laughs> at one point. I did, yeah. and in the car, too, for a long time. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a Kane Hodder signed machete, so okay. that, that would be my uh, my weapon of choice. Nice. Very nice. I mean, I think you can't go wrong with a baseball bat if you yeah, don't have any other sort bat. of weapons. Yeah. yeah. Metal or wood? Wood. Oh, I'd, I'd go metal. Although wood, wood, wood okay. would... Well, I mean, wood would be bad, but that's all I have currently, like <laughs> sitting around. So, metal would definitely be the we'll better choice because wood would eventually break. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, I guess we're ready to review this sucker then. Uh, yeah, read it. What you got? Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, did I hate this movie? No, like I, I did have a fun time watching it. I think there's some fun, fun times to be had. And I could see people absolutely loving this movie. It's not one I love, but like I said, if you're into the sort of musical aspect of this, I think you're going to jive with it a lot more than than we did. But as it stands, decent one-time watch. I, I didn't hate myself for watching it. I give it a three out of five. Yeah, you know, I, I could easily give this like a half star because I, <laughs> I didn't like it at all. But that's it's also unfair of me to do that because it just, it didn't, it didn't speak to me, you know, like I'm not into the musical thing. I didn't really find any, like, I didn't like any of the musical numbers like you guys did a couple of them. Uh, so I'm going to give it a two and a half or just a solid two out of five. Cause I really did like the zombie story. I thought it was really cool, man. And even with the principal, I know you, you didn't like him then there, Joe, but he felt like if you ever play the game dead rising, he felt like a bad guy from that. So it's a two out of five for me. I'll never watch it again. But like Joe said, I can definitely see why somebody would like this and even love it. Because if you like the combination of musicals and high school musical and all that shit, then you probably like this. It's funny. When I was watching it, my first thought was, oh, my God, it's basically a villain from Dead Rising 3. <laughs> like, it's, it's yeah, so, sure. yeah, it's, I thought the exact same thing. Yeah. So, you know, I had fun watching it. I'm not going to lie. I, I, you know, I, it, the, time went by really fast i really liked the zombie stuff in it it's just i found the music distracting and not memorable so i gave it two and a half stars so right down the middle it's just it's not my thing you know and like joe said i think a lot of people would dig this if you like glee high school musical type musical stuff but if you're expecting something like a little bit more um sweeney todd or rocky horror picture show i think you'll be uh, disappointed in this one so two and a half out of stars i think that's that's fine for me yeah, very good point too. Like with the <clears throat> expecting Sweeney Todd and Rocky Horror. Yeah, I guess this would be closer to Rocky Horror than anything, but mm. it's too. Eh, maybe not. It's a little too safe and tame. You know what? One I want to give another shot though is that um, the genetic, genetic opera. Oh repo. yeah, Repo. repo I've yeah. never seen it. I've seen it, but like I I've expected heard... to hate it, so I yeah. want to like just give it a fresh watch. That one I feel is very polarizing. Yeah, I've seen people absolutely like disgusted and hate for it, and other people are like, "I love it." So, Bill Mosley singing. Yeah, so, that's right. Uh, Luigi Largo, I think he says it in our intro, one of our intros. He does. <laughs> he mentions that character name. Yeah. All righty. Well, that is going to be it for this week's episode, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you enjoyed our review of Anna and the Apocalypse. Next week, we are doing Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, voted on by you guys for our last review of 2023. So we hope you join us for that episode. Uh, once again, Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy Hanukkah, happy holidays, whatever you celebrate this time of the year. We hope you have an excellent holiday season. 
In the meantime, you can keep up with the podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, threads, whatever. Just search the Horror Squad podcast. You can also email us anytime, the Horror Squad podcast at gmail.com. But as you already know, the absolute best way to keep up with the podcast is our Discord. Just if you haven't joined that community yet, all you can do is send us a DM or it's actually linked now on our Instagram. So you can click on that link and it will get you in right to our Discord amazing community over there. We have movie club every single month. We have a lot of great stuff. So just join that community. It's awesome. Uh, I also want to mention Living, Living Dead Weekend. In Monroeville, Pennsylvania, that is going to be the official Horror Squad meetup for next year, June 7th through 9th, 2024. It is going to be right at the mall where Dawn of the Dead was filmed, very close to Pittsburgh, but Monroeville, Pennsylvania. It's going to be a great time. Me, Steve, and Todd all planning to be there for that, so we hope you guys can join us for that. Um, we plan on doing some other filming locations while we're there, too, Night of the Living Dead, and stuff like that, and other Romero filming locations. So come join us, Living Dead Weekend, Monroeville Mall, June 7th through 9th, 2024. And merch, we got merch, tpublic.com, the Horror Squad podcast. Most of this is linked on our Instagram. I would say that's the best way if you want to find uh, anything. Also, uh, leave us a five-star review if you haven't already on your favorite podcast app. That helps us immensely. And I think that's it, ladies and gentlemen. So once again, Happy holidays. We hope you have a safe time, and we will see you guys next week for Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. See ya. Thinking this is not Disney, I'm way off script and losing the plot. Things don't work out that way. I'm not McConaughey turning the charm on calling the shots. If this was a movie, maybe she would be willing to share my world. I'm starting to realize sometimes the nice guys don't always get the girl. Cause none of the